everyone. I'm Carrington Anderson. And I'm Laura Lee Harris. Welcome to the Chamber Beat Podcast. You can listen to this podcast on your favorite platform, so make sure to follow and subscribe to receive notifications when we release our weekly episode. We will inform our members of the inner workings of Capitol Hill with updates on legislation tracked by the Chamber. Also, we will hear from legislators and decision makers who serve to make Tennessee an even better state to live and do business. It's a busy time. It is budget season in Tennessee. We have seen the appropriations amendment, and we have a very special guest today, chairman of the Finance, Ways, and Means Committee in the Senate, Senator Bo Watson. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. So Tennessee has a longstanding history of being fiscally responsible, and it's often noted as one of the best managed states in the nation. This in particular is really important to the chamber and the business community, so we do thank you for that. This is largely driven by a conservative philosophical approach and the hard work and diligence by the General Assembly. Tell us what you believe are the fundamental budget or operational principles that have guided this approach, and if there are any future challenges that you anticipate as concerning. Well, I mean, Tennessee does have a long history of really strong uh, budgeting practices, and it's been regardless of the party that's been in charge, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, uh, we've always taken a very conservative approach to how we spend taxpayers' uh, money. I think our strength is that we look at our budget the same way that a family would look at their budget. Um, Tennessee, by and large, is probably economically would be rated as a maybe a middle, lower middle class state. Uh, and so if you're a middle-class family, you look at every nickel and dime that you spend. Uh, if you need an automobile, you might like to have the Mercedes, but you're comfortable driving the Ford because it gets you the same place that you're going. And I think we look at our budget that way. We don't try to do more than, uh, than the taxpayers provide for us. If you were to think of us uh, as a, you know, as my dog is scratching on the door. There. <laughs> Another special guest. Yeah, yeah. She she loves coming up here. Um, if you were to, you know, take the state to a financial advisor, they would tell you that the way we do things is really the best way to do things. Um, we pay ourselves first, which means we always uh, take care of our retirement system. We have never missed an actuarial payment for our retirement system. We've even been very aggressive in our other post-employment benefits, also known as OPEBs. In the last couple of years, we have paid off our full liability on OPEBs. Um, Our retirement system is funded at greater than 90%, which ranks us as one of the best in the United States. So we always pay ourselves first. The second thing that a financial advisor would tell you is don't go into debt. So we are the least indebted state uh, in the nation per capita. Uh, We have passed now probably four or five budgets in a row with no new debt, uh, which is amazing. And we continue to pay down our debt. Uh, We do most of our work with cash, uh, particularly around roads and infrastructure. We pay with cash, which, again, a financial advisor would tell you that's a wise thing to do. And then lastly, if a family went to talk to a financial advisor, uh, after they paid themselves first and they didn't acquire any debt, they would say, make sure you're saving money. Uh, We have the largest balance in our rainy day fund that we have ever had uh, in the state of Tennessee. We will add to it uh, again this year, uh, anticipating, as any family would, that at some point you come on hard times and you want to make sure you have the resources to fund yourselves when you come on hard times. So if we just look at the state as a middle-class family, 
uh, we budget the exact same way that a middle-class family would. We mm-hmm. take care of ourselves first, pay ourselves first. We don't acquire any debt, uh, and we make sure that we're saving for a rainy day. I like that. And this is the only bill that you are required to pass it. Well, that's the cool part about being the finance chairman and my colleague, Patsy Hazelwood, in the House. We have a really cool gig. Um, we are get to represent the only bill that the Constitution requires us to pass. All the other stuff, although important, uh, the it doesn't really matter if you don't have the resources to pay for it. So this gets to be the this time of year we get to get work on the most important piece of legislation that the state has and that the governor proposes. All right. There's a lot of responsibility with that as well. There is, but I think both of us uh, enjoy that. And she's a great uh, colleague to work with. We have a good working relationship with the finance committee uh, of the House. And, you know, there is a healthy competitiveness that exists uh, in the legislature, but there's also a healthy competitiveness and a responsibility by the legislature to be the check and balance to the executive branch. In Tennessee, to people who may be listening to your podcast and aren't familiar with how Tennessee operates, um, in Tennessee, the balance of power is really in the legislature because uh, the legislature can override a governor's veto with a simple majority. Uh, And so governors in Tennessee have always worked really closely with the legislature because they understand that in Tennessee's constitution, the the power lies in the people or the power lies in the legislature. And so when Governor Lee or other governors propose their budget, they recognize that it is the legislature who ultimately disposes with the budget and makes the decisions of where we're going to spend people's money. Good. So Tennessee has witnessed extraordinary revenue growth over the past few years. What do you think has driven this? Well, so uh, I'm from East Tennessee, born and raised there, went to school there. I suspect I'll die there. Um, <laughs> and Tennessee's a great place to, you know, it's a great place to, to live, first of all. Um, you know, like every state, we have ups and downs, but by and large, Tennessee is from just its natural beauty, um, the people that live here. It's a great place to live, first of all. And then over the, the past 15 years in particular, uh, Tennessee has created a really good business climate, and um, some of that is due to our tax policy. Uh, some of it is due to the fact that we got hardworking people here. Uh, some of it is due to the fact that we've invested heavily in education over the past several years and workforce development, which is something that the chamber is very interested in. And those all are things that attract people uh, to this area. And then finally, you know, a lot of businesses, uh, particularly on the advanced manufacturing side, have recognized that Tennessee is ideally situated for not only the manufacturing of products, but also the distribution of products. Uh, Tennessee, by its history, um, has been a transportation logistics state. Uh, It used to be, you know, that you could, well, you can't get to the deep south without going through Tennessee. So anything that's produced south of us has to come up through Tennessee to get to the north, and anything produced north of us has to come through Tennessee to get to the south. So it makes sense for manufacturers to start thinking of Tennessee as a place where they can manufacture their product and create the distribution patterns that they leave. Thus, Tennessee has a long history of investment in our transportation infrastructure as we continue with today because we recognize that one of our our greatest strength is our waterways, right? We have water, we have two rivers that run through our state that make, you know, that's liquid gold, right? I mean, 
Humans without water don't exist. So we have that environmental part. But the other part is the way our state is built and situated, the transportation network that we have really gives us an added advantage over other states. Great. So economists have noted that there could be a looming recession or slowing economic conditions on the horizon. How do you believe this budget gets Tennessee through this situation? Well, we're going to continue to invest in our rainy day. Um, We're not, you know, and our constitution doesn't allow us to, but we don't spend more than we take in. We're not taking on any new debt. Um, We're not uh, excessively growing recurring expenses. As a matter of fact, if you look at this budget, we move a lot of recurring, which to the public means money that we expect to have again next year. We're moving that and spending that on things that are one-time expenses. Um, and that allows us to have, a, re- for all intents and purposes, a reserve of, of recurring money so that if things do dip, we haven't uh, created a revenue problem for ourselves. I mean, ultimately, you know, the, the way the economy works, you're, you're eventually going to have a recession if you live long enough. Um, and eventually, economists who are calling for a recession are going to be correct. This has been a very interesting cycle for those who study um, uh, economics in that there are a lot of indicators that suggest that we should be heading into a recession and we're not. Uh, We continue to see, particularly in this state, we continue to see remarkable economic growth. We have always, when there has been recessions, uh, we're usually a little bit slower getting there than other states and it's usually not as deep for us as other states. But again, in preparation for that, this budget puts money in our rainy day fund, doesn't increase our debt. Very good. Well, I think what you were saying about how it doesn't affect Tennessee as much as certainly due to the work that you all do here in the legislature. So we thank you for that. But the next question is kind of a fun question. Are there any specific areas of Tennessee's budget that you believe need more or less funding? Well, to the people who come in my office every day, every area needs more uh, funding. And I rarely, if ever, have anybody walk into my office and say that they need less uh, funding. That would be uh, very uh, unusual. Look, I, th- I think we do a really good job. And I, you know, I, I give credit to the leadership in the legislature and governors, uh, present and past for really choosing things, uh, what we call in the finance office as the big rocks. What are the big rocks that we need to take care of in our budget? And inevitably, education is the biggest rock. Um, Our investment there, whether it's on the K-12 side or it's in higher education or it's in workforce development, uh, we continue to invest heavily there. Now, there are always going to be people who can come up with a reason of why you should invest more. Um, uh, but we, I mean, we invest a huge chunk of our budget into our educational system. When you look at it in total from the, the pre-K all the way to workforce development, we, we make a sizable investment there. I think there's a saying, you know, if you know, if you want to know where a, a treasure is, look at a person's wallet, right? Well, if you look at our wallet, you'll see we spend heavily in, in K-12 education and we've led the nation uh, in uh, our education reform over the years. And look, last year, uh, Governor uh, Lee proposed a whole new funding mechanism for K-12 education, which required a billion-dollar investment by the state. So anybody who says we don't invest in education just really doesn't look at our checkbook very closely. The other is, and that investment is an investment in our people. And so, you know, where I think we need to continue to invest is in the people of Tennessee and how they, where they, how they represent us. Uh, because people who go to school here, 
uh, from other states. We want them to stay here or people who are educated here and go and leave here and go to other states. We want them to tell the Tennessee story, which we think is a great story. Very good. So a great way to describe this budget we've talked around our office is robust. It re- this budget really seems to touch many Tennesseans in many different ways and accomplish a lot of priorities for so many people. Um, for the business community, what do you believe are some of the most important highlights of the proposed budget to enhance our business and economic climate? Well, I mean, there's really good tax policy um, in this budget. Uh, we make uh, some adjustments to the single article sales tax, which that's kind of legislative talk for most of the people in the public. But just Our to say, is aware. yeah, well, <laughs> but just to say that you know we uh, we recognize that uh, you know tax policy has an impact on business performance, uh, and so this budget has a number of tax policy changes which we think help with business performance and is another reason why we think other businesses outside of the state of Tennessee will look at Tennessee and go, okay, they're really asking us to pay our fair share, but nothing more. And where our tax policy gets out of balance with business performance, I think we demonstrate in this budget that we're willing to come back and talk about those things and make adjustments to those. Um, so from that perspective, I think, you know, the, 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 the budget really speaks to the business community. There are a number of things in this budget that your membership will know have been discussed here for a number of years. We've still got work to do on F&E. We've still got work to do on business tax, but this is a really positive step in the right direction. One simple change was, you know, extending tax credits, you know, from 15 years to 25 years that, you know, to the general public, they're not going to pay any attention to that. And certainly no newspaper is going to write an article about it, but to the business community and for business performance, that's a really big deal. And that's a really big uh, give that we, um, that we that we have in this budget that you know we haven't been able to do in the past. Now you this is the most robust budget. It's the largest budget we've ever had. Now the math would say that it's the same budget that we passed last year, but we're putting more state dollars into this budget than we did in last year's budget. Um, there is obviously concern about how big the budget is by those who are budget hawks like myself. So within this budget, there's significant reductions as well. I mean, we not only on the business side, but we have, you know, a sales tax reduction, temporary it may be, but we have a sales tax reduction that's built in there. And there are other small incremental reductions in the budget that affect people in their home. Uh, so I think all in all, we've tried to take the the incredible success the state is having economically and revenue wise and balance that with good judgment on how we spend those dollars. Very good. Well, we can't thank you enough for all of your hard work. I know there are long days and long nights um, that you have spent working on this and many ahead of you as well until session is over. So thank you and thanks for joining us on our podcast. Today. Well, you're welcome. It, it is truly an honor and one of the, the highlights of my life to get to do this. And I don't I don't take it lightly, but uh, it's a great responsibility, but it's just a tremendous honor to serve the people of Tennessee, particularly the 11th District, my folks back home in Hamilton <laughs> County. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.